This is News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Well, welcome back. As we record this, we are approaching the holiday season, and it's the time we like to reflect back and think about the things that have made this year great. Of course, this year did come with its challenges. It maybe wasn't the huge relief over 2020 that we thought it would be, but 2021 has turned out, at least for us, to be a pretty good year. After what we've all been through and really are still going through as a community, I think it's easy to think about the dark side of things. So on today's show, we wanted to focus just for a minute on what we're grateful for. It's no mistake that this is our Thanksgiving episode, but we're not going to just give thanks in the way that you may normally do around the kitchen table. Today, I've asked everybody who was able to join us today to talk about what it is that they've enjoyed about their work, about the people they've worked with, about the projects they've been on. What's made this year special? What's made them want to keep coming back? And what's made it all worthwhile? Answering these important questions, you'll hear from Maureen Life, Robert Riddle, Jasmine Robinson, David Ram, Liz Bullard, and Pony Kalra. And you'll hear a little bit from me along the way as well. We do have more episodes coming up soon. A lot of interviews have been taking place. We're really excited about this upcoming season. But for today, we hope you'll enjoy just hearing from us and joining with us and just being thankful for the year that we had. It's gonna be a great show, so stick around and we'll be right back. So in this holiday season, as you think about all the good things in your life, tell me, tell me what you're grateful for, um, especially related to your career and your profession. Well, I'm really grateful to have a job. (laughs) Um, Is that, is that an acceptable answer? Yeah, that's a good answer. 2020 was a really great year for us and being a small business owner, um, you know, there's this added stress of, are we going to have work for people in 2021? And, um, you know, so during the pandemic, there, there was a lot of talk about states cutting budgets and cutting staff and not really knowing what was ahead of them. And so, um, I am incredibly grateful that in November of 2021, we had enough work to keep everyone busy and not just work, in a generic sense, but work that was really meaningful and impactful. And we've got to do a lot of really cool projects. And part of that was related to the pandemic with helping agencies, um, you know, transition to work from home, transition back to working in the office, 
um, leadership skills, training in all sorts of areas. And we were able to launch virtual trainings and um, we started a new project with the Lacoudere tribe doing, um, helping them manage a grant to implement some curriculum and a culture camp. And that's been incredibly uh, rewarding. And um, so in November of 2021, I'm really grateful that we had a lot of really cool and meaningful and impactful projects that kept us all busy and, um, and interested. And as I grow older, I just really appreciate opportunities to keep learning and improving and expanding um, myself. And so that's what I'm grateful for. I'm also really grateful that my two kids, if I can just tell you personally what I'm grateful for. Of course, yes. I'm so grateful that at work, that everything is calm and, and running smoothly. And then on my, um, I had two kids that transitioned to college in August and September, and I am crazy grateful that they're both doing well. And so it makes me that much happier at work too, because I, everything is going smoothly. I should knock on some wood really quickly, but everything is going well for them. And so that's in the, um, you know, so when your people are happy, you're happy. And I think that's, I'm just feeling really grateful across the board. All right, Mr. Mamlin. So what are you feeling grateful for this year? Kind of like you in a way, in a job where I'm learning stuff where there's a lot of variety. And I, I am grateful that we kept people busy, but I'm also just grateful that I've personally been able to do new things and learn and grow. And also I just, I'm proud of the program we work in. And I, you know, for a long time in my career, you know, the kind of the thing to say was, you know, if you work in child support, don't ever tell anybody, but now I've kind of turned the corner on that. And, and if, if I, if I, if someone asked me what I do, I tell them, and, you know, sometimes you get that answer, like, oh, you work with the deadbeats. And I, I kind of jump on that. I'm excited when somebody doesn't know anything about it. Cause then I can say, no, actually I work with people who take care of their kids and we try and facil facilitate that. And I, and I've just over the years, I've, you know, if you look at it, how the program really plays out, most people want to take care of their kids and it's our job to do whatever we can and make that work out. And that's, I'm just grateful to be in that kind of a job. read an article recently about gratitude that you know what really is gratitude and it's it's not being happy that you're healthy and and have good things in your life and other people don't and, you know you're happy that you don't have to suffer and they do but having real gratitude is you know just being thankful for uh, where you are and that there are people in the world that you love working with and there are things that uh, you do in your work that you feel that makes a difference for, uh, for other people. And so having those opportunities with 
Gray's Peak to work with uh, just a almost superlative group of people and and do work that's meaningful uh, is just I'm just grateful for that in, in this season. Um, I guess for me, um, I'm really thankful and grateful to get exposed to the just the child support side of things. Um, just get exposed to different projects where we get to learn about different cultures and just different um, situations that, you know, put us in a position to be able to network with all these people um, that are in like the child support profession. So for me, getting exposed to just a lot of new things that I would you know, never even thought that I would be able to be exposed to is a big thing for me. Um, so that's one of the biggest things that I'm thankful for. I should have gone first. That would have been the smart thing to do. Uh, so I would sound more original. Um, well, I can edit but, it and put you first. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, focusing on the work side of things, I, I, I do feel uh, throughout the year um, and often throughout the day, really grateful to, uh, you know, I have work that, um, I enjoy doing, but also means something and at least makes, let us hope some positive effort in the world, has some positive effect in the world. Um, and in particular this year, I mean, uh, I don't think I'm alone in feeling like really fortunate to um, have a chance to work, you know, with some really, uh, in some really great situations, uh, like with Villacoutere, um, or for that matter, uh, Ramsey County, where, you know, you just, there's a difference. There's a, there's a very distinctive feel to these different places. And there's a lot to learn just from that, in addition to the specifics of the material and how many, like, kind of things small and large I have to unlearn or broaden uh, myself uh, in learning. Um, no, all those, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel very, very grateful for those things. You know, that's interesting and kind of building on what, what you're saying makes me think of maybe I should ch change my answer or add to it because one of the things that th through most of my career in child support, I've been focused more on a state level and like you know, this, this year in particular, we've had a lot of projects that are very locally focused and I've really learned a lot more, even if, you know, I've been in the program a long time, but I think I've learned more this year about what really happens, you know, in a, in a local office with direct um, delivery of service than I have in a long time. And I think that's, it was certainly good for me to kind of refresh that, um, you know, not that I'd, ever really forgotten that that's where it happens, but just how it happens and, and just what those people do every day. And just like you said, to be able to support that in some way and, and to learn from it, it's been, it's been good.
uh, I've been thinking about the work we've done um, over this last year and just in general with clients. And I was going, why do I, why do I like it so much? And I think it's because in many ways, it's an unusual intimate relationship that you get to make with people. Because um, particularly when we start with working with a leader, it's, you know, they come to you with, I have all these things that I need to try to accomplish. And um, when you begin working with an individual, it's amazing how that one individual can impact so many. And when you see them make a tweak, uh, even how they communicate, even in tone of voice, um, and then have them them watch the impact it has on other people. Um, I think because of the way the world is, I begin thinking, how do we make these small changes? How much of an influence can you have? And when we see someone even just extend everyday kindness in their job and focus more on the people and less on the projects, the projects get done and the people are happier. And I don't know, I just so appreciate that, seeing people change and feeling like it was a part of it. I got a, um, gosh, it was probably two weeks ago. It was a client I had worked with, a coaching client two years ago. And, you know, you have several engagements with them and then they move on. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks ago, I came upon them in another program and um, they were a participant in another program. And right after that, I got this email that they had said how much I had made a difference in their life two years ago and how it has propelled them forward. And a lot of times you don't know, right? You think you've, you've helped them, but you really aren't sure of the capacity of it. So when you get feedback like that, boy, it just energizes you to want to work with them even more. No pressure, Puni. So. I know. It's a, it's a hard act to follow there after Liz. Um, you know, this has been a really interesting year because I think we all couldn't wait for 2020 to be over. And we thought 2021 going to be a piece of cake or at least easier, right? There's a lot of hope coming into this year. And um, so that first half of this year was writing that um, and feeling really grateful for having um, access to vaccines and just feeling safer for myself. And I, um, I think what I've really enjoyed, particularly in this year, is being able to, to recognize the, the challenges that life threw us because I felt like it was such a rocky year. I mean, there were times when we were hopeful, then we got whiplash and a variant came along that we weren't expecting to be as strong. And then we were back and then we're back again. We're all over the place, but we were in this boat together. We were going through this struggle, this challenge, this trying to find our center and our sanity um, through it all. And in the coaching conversations I've had, you know, I could see how tired we all are. 
how compromised we all are for various different reasons. And yet we're all still trying our best to keep afloat and to support each other and to grow from the challenges. And that was remarkable because it's a choice. It's a choice to be in a difficult situation as this year has presented itself to be for all of us and say, you know what, I'm going to come out of this bitter, not better, bitter. And we can do that. That's easy. That's a choice. But many people have wanted to grow from this and say, I'm, I want to grow. I want to keep building from what I've learned about myself from the year before. And I want to improve upon myself. I want to come out of this stronger, better, more aware. And I want to re I want to create a new life that brings about all the parts of myself that I'm discovering. And so that was just such a beautiful conversation to have over and over again in different forms with different people in, in the leadership work that we do. And in that you get to ride the wave with everyone else through this. So it takes away that feeling of isolation that it's just, just me struggling or going through this or what, what have you, we get the privilege of having those intimate conversations and being validated in our own experiences and existence and being able to just watch the wave, the whole universality of the human experience of it didn't matter what gender you were, what age you were, what your title was, where you sat in the organization, how important your job was. In the end, we were all going through this together. And that was just such a powerful collective validation and, and gave me hope and inspiration that we're going to get through this. And, um, and I just felt, feel so honored and privileged that people let us be a, a passenger in, in this mm -hmm. ride of theirs for the short period of time that they let us join them and they open up and become vulnerable with us because I feel that it grows us just as much as it grows them. I, I learn more from my clients than I think they learn from me. Mm. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love Puni how you talk about we're all in this together and and we are growing along with because as you were talking, I started thinking about uh, there were times that we talked about stuff that I was experiencing too. The struggles of loneliness and this connection, um, people allowing you into their lives it was fulfilling to me, you know, when I was feeling disconnected. So it even made those re those uh, relationships even more important. And the commonality of what you're hearing, you know, if, if we could get them all in a room together, they realize no matter where they sit, as you said, age, gender, geographic, culture, we're going to the same thing. And, ha and, <laughs> not that misery always loves company, but collectively we can lift each other. And, oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is, for, no, go ahead. I was just going to say for selfish reasons, I've also learned, I, I have this awareness this year that when I do my coaching, it is the time when I become fully present. And you know how people have their hobbies and they kind of lose track of time and they go into the Zen space. I equated my, when I get to coach folks that I get to, that, that is my space, my Zen space, because I now get to join them. 
And in some ways that liberates me because then I don't have to think about any of my own stuff in my own life. <laughs> so it, it's, 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 it's where you're contributing and helping, but then you're also helping yourself. And, and that has been really nice. So I feel really grateful that I have an occupation that feeds my soul the way that it does. Well, and we're really grateful that you spend that time with us. Um, what about, you know, the way you've gone through and the way you've seen 2021? And like you said, I think is exactly right. We were all very optimistic at the beginning and we got a few curveballs. What does that make you think about 2022? And like, do you think people's optimism is a little more guarded or do you think that we we're stronger or a little of both or I mean, I don't, what, what is, what is 2022 in your, in your mind bringing us? Yeah, I, I think it's we're cautiously optimistic. Um, it's one of those things we don't, we kind of learned like not to move too much too fast or expect too much because we're worried about getting disappointed again. So I think we um, are cautiously optimistic and in that um, we're seeing those glimmers of hope coming. So um, I think it's, it's still, people are still reevaluating a lot of who they are and how they want to show up in the world as it reopens for them. Um, I think they're being more thoughtful about that process and, um, and making different choices as a result of that. And we're seeing those patterns throughout the industries. And, uh, and I think that's great. It's, that's what you do with these kind of moments, right? They're, they are opportunities to be catalysts and transformative. So I, I personally am optimistic about what's to come. I think we've been through a lot and I think we're bringing those lessons forward and we're coming out of this slowly, but hopefully with more clarity about who we are and what we stand for and, and what we want. And I think we're also recognizing the fragility of life and how finite time really is. And so there's no more, yeah, we'll get there someday or we'll do that. I think people are aware that they can't take as much for granted as maybe they did before. And so there's more of a, a deliberate uh, intent to take action to once they have clarity. It seems like over these last six months, I've, when I've been talking with folks, there still is, as Puni said, a lot of reevaluating of what's important. And um, people who have been still going through didn't, whether they were working from home or, or didn't leave the office, there's a burnout factor happening. Everything was kind of put on, everything when I say development was put on hold and it was maintain, just maintain. Um, and uh, people are reaching a, a burnout and we see how hard it is for organizations to get fully staffed. Um, and so people are doing more with less and more and more and more. And now more than ever, I, I mean, I remember experiencing that too, of feeling like you have to do more with less, but it seems really compounded now. Um, and I think people are really evaluating what they wanna do with their career and life. I'm getting a lot of those kinds of questions. Do I want to stay doing what I'm doing? Um, and if I do, it doesn't bring me the joy it did. How do I bring that back? You know, I got into whatever I'm doing because I really liked it. And now I'm burned out. Now what? 
Where do I go? Um, and I'm also hearing, okay, everything was put on hold. We've got to figure out a way to maintain the folks we have, right? How do we entice them to stay? What can we offer them? How do we develop them? What makes it worth it staying? And so I think that pendulum is starting to swing back of focusing on what we can bring to people for development. Um, and there was a big, there was a big push of how do we get ready for this hybrid work? And then that was kind of put on hold as people continued to delay. But now I do see people coming back to the office in some fashion. And so I think that's going to become even more important is helping our leaders, especially new leaders, um, how to deal in what I think is truly going to be pretty hybrid work environment um, and how to make people feel still included and appreciated. And I was just having a conversation uh, this last week about what does success look like in and now, you know, um, right when COVID hit and through that time, it was kind of re just maintain, maintain, maintain. And now people are feeling like the engine has to start up again. And you just can't turn the switch, you know, um, and so it's really talking a lot about, okay, now what does success look like? And, and when they're not in the office, how do I know? You know, what do I measure? And so all of that, I think, on top of people reevaluating what's important to them, I still think it's going to be an interesting year. I don't think we're ready to hit the gas pedal yet, but people are starting to. Yeah, I think you're right about people reevaluating and they're thinking about what's, you know, what's the trade-off is a whole different question than it used to be. And, mm -hmm. and I think that goes to what Puni said too, with people are now recognizing how fragile life is and how things can change faster than we maybe thought they could, uh, or at least some of us maybe, you know, because we hadn't had these kinds of experiences. But I, I also think like you, I'm optimistic about this. I think that we, we've learned a lot. And it's not just that our work life is hybrid. I think our social lives are hybrid too. And mm -hmm. I think we're just, ma we're making an adjustment that's on every part of our life. And I think that's just going to take some time, but I think we'll get there. I think what's coming back is compassion um, very fiercely. And I'm seeing it in leadership big time. I'm seeing leaders who have to be more, they have, to, they're seeing that they're leading they're coming from a more compromised place. They're tired, but they're also leading others who are also very tired. And while we might not be saying it, it's everywhere. It's in the air we breathe. And so leaders are finding that they're having to adjust their style in order to be more flexible, to be more accommodating and understanding and sensitive and compassionate. And that's those leaders that are leaning into that are faring much better. Um, and it's requiring um, that internal, the self-care, right? You have to take care of yourself. You have to manage yourself before you can manage others. And so people are getting more in tune with themselves and they're understanding, I need to take care better, better care of myself. I need to decompress in more effective ways, maybe sitting in front of the TV and 
um, or doing internet surfing is not the best way for me to, to get um, myself back into a productive mode. And, and so I think people are just realizing a lot more about what they need. And then when they do those things more effectively, they become more effective leaders. And, and so that's just uh, another trend I'm noticing because I think pre-COVID, we could talk about being that kind of a compassionate leader um, and having those um, softer skills, quote unquote softer, not necessarily easier, but now it's not even, um, it, 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 it's something that's a necessity across the board. So um, I'm glad that people are doing it. And I've been seeing it also with people coming into the workforce. The newer generations are requiring more of this too. So we're, we're changing in a direction that we absolutely have to. grateful to work with you all because I think you make me better um and I grew up understanding that I was never going to be good at spreadsheets I was never going to be good at certain things in life and so I've just always had to compensate by surrounding myself with people that are good at what I'm not good at and so I like I feel like we make an incredible team because we complement each other in the ways that we're good at and we're not good at and we can concentrate on where we enjoy working and what we enjoy doing and not feeling like I need to go take another um, Excel spreadsheet class. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, I think you all are amazing. Thanks again very much to Maureen, Robert, Jasmine, David, Liz, and Puni for sharing their thoughts with us today. And thanks especially to you for tuning in and joining us. We'd love to hear from you and get your ideas and your feedback. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us on the contact link on our website. News from the Peak is a project of Gray's Peak Strategies and is produced by Maureen Life, David Ram, Robert Riddle, and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can learn more about us at gracepeakstrategies.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grace Peak, and we're easy to find on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. This was News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Thanks for joining us.
Okay, I need to get in the right frame of mind for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> Worst one I ever experienced was oyster stuffing. Okay. It was just yeah. gross. Uh, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> David took off his headphones. He's done. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. we're, not, we're not talking about Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. I'm blowing your kisses, Robert. <laughs> Her request was to bring the Costco apple pie. And so tonight I'm going before they run out. I am so lucky that this is all I have to do. Perfect. Perfect. I feel like the outtakes are always me cussing accidentally. <laughs> <laughs>